the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belsharsar. Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Daniel, has your god been able to rescue you from the lions? My god sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lions. Hey, he, I, I believe today is a bombastic Sunday. Yeah, we were worshiping like none other. <laughs> and I believe today is, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today is the day of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Why don't you give a, your neighbor a high five and says, today is the day. Today is the day of God's favor and salvation. We are... Uh, Still in our message series about Daniel. Daniel, take a stand. Take a stand. And today's topic is, what, sh what shall I do with a drunken sailor? No, what, sh <laughs> what shall I do with it? You know that song? No. Uh, what should I do when God speaks to me? Whoa. Uh, and it, we are about to dive into a, one of the most craziest stories, prophetic stories out of the book of Daniel. It's Daniel chapter 5, if you want to open up your Bible, and we will hear it in just a minute. It's crazy. But uh, a little, just out of curiosity, a little bit, a little survey, because I want to talk to you guys. Uh, let's get some interaction. Hands up. If you, um, if you were to say, I would love to hear the voice of God, then hands up. I would love if uh, whatever God tells me, I know for sure, 100% sure, this is God speaking to me. I would love for God, the creator of the universe, to talk to me and actually speak into my life. I think every hand is up right now. That's a no-brainer, right? That we would all love for God to talk to us. But here at the very beginning of, of, of this message, I have good news for you. But I also have bad news for you. What do you want? What do you want to hear first? The good news. Uh, we are positive. Anyone said the bad news? What kind of, you know, negative people? <laughs> the good news is this. The good news about this topic is Acts 2 verse 17. Um, there it is, says, and it's a prophecy out of the Old Testament actually. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, and now we have everyone included, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Here's the good news. God speaks all the time. He wants to talk to us. He wants to give you dreams and visions and whatever we see here and, and so much more. But, but, but what's the bad news? The bad news is this, Job 33 most of the time we don't listen. Although God speaks again and again and again and again, no one pays attention to what he says. So the problem is not that God is not speaking to us. The problem most of the time, according to this verse, is that we don't listen, we don't hear, we don't pay attention. We don't hear the encouragement, the warning, the whatever God has to tell me. 
And we want to dive into this story now um, from the book of Daniel. And we are in this message series about how can we as, as, as Christians take a stand and how we can take a voice and actually in a, in a culture of ungodliness, a shifting culture of ungodliness, how can we take a stand and not be influenced by the culture, but actually be voices of influence into the culture, like Daniel. And we will hear a very big warning today. And I want to pray that you hear this warning, not out of condemnation, but out of love, because God is, he is the God of love. But sometimes he needs to wake us up. He needs to warn us. So I want to, I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to me. That whatever you have to tell us, Jesus, speak to us. And today is a warning message. But I want to bless all of us with your love and your presence. May we hear this word today with open hearts. And knowing through that, that you love us so much that sometimes you have to warn us. Amen. So let's dive into the story. Daniel chapter 5 on the screen. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and rode on the plaster of the wall. The king was so frightened, and his knees were shaking. Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever. Don't be alarmed. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king. You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writings for the king and tell him what it means. Your Majesty, the Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and people of every language dreaded and feared him. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. All of you drank wine from the temple goblets. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Mini, mini, tackle, 
Harsen. Here is what these words mean. Meany, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tackle, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Paris, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Bejarz's command, Daniel was clothed in purple and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Bejarzer, king of the Babylonians, was slain. What a, what a crazy story, right? Maybe you've heard that in, 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 in a children's church or wherever. Maybe you've never heard about it because it's such a big warning, it's such a crazy story. And, and when I hear that story, I, 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 the first thing that comes to my mind is what kind of mushrooms did they have in their food? <laughs> and then I think, oh my goodness, like father, like son, why did not Belshazzar listen to the, to the warnings? Or actually, it's not like father, like son, because, because his father, Nebuchadnezzar, he, had a, he, had re, he repented. He became crazy for seven years, and then he turned back to God, and he announced, this is the true God, and we need to follow him. So he didn't listen to his father's life, but he actually just partied, um, and then he died after these warnings. Crazy, crazy story. Well, this, real, this is a real story. It took place about 2,500 years ago, but I think it has also a prophetic voice into today's culture. It has something to say to me and you. And I want to hear and, and, and observe these three warnings, these three warning words uh, God uses with his handwriting to warn you and me to live um, a life not of ungodliness, but a life that actually has weight and changes the culture and follows the ways of God. So the first warning is meneh, the word meneh. Uh, meneh, my days are numbered. Daniel says, here's what these words mean, meneh. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Meneh literally means numbered. And I, I think this is a pretty relevant message to us. I mean, sometimes we live like there's no tomorrow, right? But we should actually be living like we were dying. You know this Tim McGraw song? Live like you were dying. Because then what happens is you put the focus on the right things. But sometimes I see it on myself. I, I, I mean, I... Sometimes we live like there's no tomorrow. We don't think about it. Um, so this first wake-up call, Mane, is, hey, you, your days are actually numbered. We, we are not here for eternity. And, and you realize that in, at funerals, right? When you are at a funeral, then, um, then you see, hey, uh, life can be so limit, limited. Life can be done all of a sudden. I had to do my first two funerals last year within four weeks as a pastor, and they were not easy funerals. The first one especially, it was the funeral of a very dear friend of mine, um, and his son was not even four years old, Joel Friedley, you probably remember him. I didn't brought you a picture here today because I would lose it <laughs> if, I, if I start talking about it, and, and he died because of a car accident, a car ran over him, and, and, and that was his life, and I was there and, and did his funeral. And the second funeral was a dear friend of us, you probably, many of you guys know him, it was Albert Taylor. 
Albert Taylor, 85 years old, a life full of ministry, a life full of ministering to other people, leading people into freedom. And he died also all of a sudden because he was just, he was ministering the last night before he died to other people. He, had, he invited people and prayed for them, listened for them. And then all of a sudden his life was over. It was shocking even though he was 85 years old. Two totally different experiences for me. But one feeling I had at both funerals is, wow, I, I stand in awe of a God who has it in his hands when our days are numbered. And, 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 and we, we, it, it's not up to us when it's over. We have no idea. It could be over tonight. We have no idea. We don't have it in our hands, but God has it in his hands. But what we have in our hands is what we do with the, with the days that are still numbered here. And I want to talk about this. Uh, David says in Psalm 90, verse 12, where the psalmist says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Or in the New International's Reader's Version, it says, Teach us to realize how short our lives are. Then our hearts will become wise. Just recently, a couple of months ago, a friend, a mentor of mine, uh, gave me this measuring stick with my name on it. And he said, Björn, uh, he, wanted to, he wanted to make a message, he wanted to make a point. He says, Björn, this is your, like your life, you know, and let's pretend like maybe you will um, become like, uh, like 80 years or so, like 80 years would be like, like this. And I promised my wife that I do this illustration today, not to curse my life as being so short. I said, maybe I will become a hundred years. Huh? Or maybe it, like a biblical age is 120 years. Let's say I become 120 years. Yeah. But what he did is then he said, and the first 39 years, this year I will turn 40, is over. So I said, what do you want to say to me? You want to put me in a third life crisis or what, like in a, or in a midlife crisis. This would be the midlife crisis. This would be the third life crisis. Maybe it's the quarter life crisis. No. But, but he said how, and he, he drove his point home. He said, with this, um, this is over. You cannot decide anymore what you're going to do with this. It's over. It's done. It's all said and done. But here you still can influence. You, can, you have it in your hands how you're going to live those remaining lives and uh, years of your life it was a, a, a interesting moment um, king I, I believe king belshazzar's greatest sin was he wasted his life all of his years he wasted them if he had grasped the truth that he should actually make an impact for the god's kingdom he would have probably lived totally different but here's this warning and when we realize, I think, our days are numbered, then we realize we have maybe this wow effect, and I hope you have this wow effect, not as a condemnation, but out of God's love. Hey, wake up! The days of your life are numbered. It's just the reality. Today might be your last day. This year might be your last year. Here's a little thought experiment. Imagine you had only... 30 more days to live. Just imagine, one more month. Just imagine from today on. God would give you 30 more days and you knew it's 30 more days. What would you do? What, what would you do? How, how would you live your life? What were your pri would your priorities be? What would you stop doing? 
What would you leave behind and say, ah, it's not important? You, you, you guys probably know this little experiment, right? Here's the experiment because there's all this stuff that we can do with our lives. You know, all this, we think sometimes important stuff like, oh, Facebook, Instagram, social media, Netflix, and shopping, and groceries, and, and, and all this stuff that I can do and I can spend my time with. And then, uh, and, and then all of a sudden I, I realize, oh my goodness, there's other stuff that I should actually put more weight on. Uh, there's maybe relationships, my relationship with God, there is uh, work or whatever, my kids, my spouse. And then we realize, oh my goodness, it's too full. I only have, not even have space for two priorities now, right? The thing is, order matters. At the end of the day, order matters. And God wants to teach us, maybe even this afternoon, Put the first things first. Put the, set the priorities right because then what happens is, let's say your relationship with God, your relationship with other people becomes first and foremost the biggest priority. Then the cool thing is, I, 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 well, let, me, let me illustrate it differently with this Bible verse. You probably know this Bible verse, uh, the, the seek, seek God uh, and his kingdom first. They're, they're the writers. Jesus says... Um, Can you put this Bible verse on the screen really fast? Uh, first, seek the kingdom of God. It is Matthew's. Matthew 6. There we are, yeah. So, so Jesus says, do not worry about this stuff. Do not worry about what shall we, what, what shall I be eating or what shall we do with a drunken sin <laughs> or what, what shall we be drinking, what shall I wear. Do not worry about this stuff. I mean, I mean, I mean, The pagans, even the pagans run, run after all these things and your heavenly father, he knows that you know this, that you need this stuff. He knows about this. It's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter so much and he knows about that. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the cool thing is everything else will be given to you as well. It works! The experiment works! How amazing is this? I'm so surprised. And maybe you may be surprised as well, but here's the cool thing. First things first, if you put your, set your life in the right order, everything else will be given to you as well. It'll fall into place. So don't worry. Don't live with the when-then syndrome. <laughs> I think most of us live with the when-then syndrome. Like when, uh, for example, when, when I get married, mm, then I will be happy. Uh, when, I, uh, when I get older, then I might lose some weight. Or when, um, oh, maybe one day when I get the right home with enough space in my living room, then I will start and lead a small group. <laughs> Or when, um, when I get out of debt, oh, then I can start being generous and maybe tithe or whatever. You know, the when-then syndrome is a matter of our times. It's, it's part of our culture, and we all know it. I know it. When-then. When, oh, when the kids are grown, then. Or then I will invest into my marriage. <laughs> Unfortunately, then, almost all the time, is too late. So don't make this then, then. Make it today. Because today is the day, right? I, saw, I said it in the beginning. Today is the time of God's favor, 2 Corinthians. Today is 
today. Today is the day. Today is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So now is the time for you to put your priorities into order, knowing that everything else will be given to you as well. So let's, let's be people like Daniel and not like Belshazzar who puts our priorities right in the right order because order matters. It matters. I want to be a person that is known for the right order, that is known for the right stuff. I want to be a person that puts his kingdom and his righteousness first, knowing that everything else will be given to, you, to me anyway because God knows I need it. I want to be that kind of a person. The cool thing is Martin Luther King Jr. says it like this. He says, the time, well, I have a dream, okay. The time is always right to do what is right. <laughs> it is always right. Today is the day to do the right things. Today is the right, today is the right day to reconsider your priorities. Today is the day. So don't feel bad about yesterday. Don't feel anxious about tomorrow, but be present in the today, because today is the day. But not only our days are numbered, there's another warning, because I think we are, we are, we are also responsible how we spend those times, those days, how we fill up our lives, basically. The next warning is, Tekel, my life is unbalanced. You have been weighed on the scales and found Wanting. I think for most of us in this room, it, this would be actually good news. <laughs> If we put our body on the scale, I, I believe for most of us it could be mm, a little bit too much. <laughs> you should lose some weight. <laughs> but but this, this is talking about something else. It's not talking about our bodies. It's, it's, it's about talking our, about our lives. The kel means weight. If our life, if my life was weighed today, what would the scales say today? Would your life be found wanting? Would, if, if, if we looked of how you spend your time, your week, would it be out of balance with your life's priorities? What would your, what, what would your spouse say? What would your kids say? What would your best friends say? You feel convicted already? Uh, I, I am. <laughs> I, I feel convicted. Because the bad thing or the warning thing, the thing that Belshazzar did is not, he didn't, the, 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 his problem was not that his schedule was empty and he didn't have anything to do because we can do so much. His problem was he did the wrong stuff. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff, as I was saying. You can do like, okay, let's do uh, two hours of Netflix each day. Let's do an hour of Instagram each day. It's also so important what other people think about me, right? Let's do, oh, I want to party. My life is a party, you know? I want to party like this, 1999. And then there is so many emails I need to check, you know? Maybe I won the lottery. I need to play the lottery. There's all this stuff. And all of a sudden, oh, oh my goodness, I feel so busy. My life is so full, you know? And then God comes and says, oh, oh douche. Wrong stuff. <laughs> It's like feathers, comes and goes, you know. But it's not important stuff. The, the question is, what is the stuff that gives weight? Here's the thing. Um, we talked already a little bit about the rocks there, right? I, I think 
it all comes down to two things. It always comes down to God and people at the end of the day. Love God and love people. But there's actually a word for weight in the Bible. The word for weight in the Bible is kabot. It's, it's a Hebrew or Aramaic word. Kabot means weight. But it not only means weight, it means presence of God. It means the presence of God. So it's not my full schedule. It's not all these people. It's not all these, all these calendar uh, things that I have in my calendar. It's the, it's the presence of God that gives my life weight. And I want to be a person, I don't know about you, I want to be a person known for the presence of God. I want to be a person that seeks first his kingdom and his righteousness, his, his presence, his love. And I want to be a person that is famous for, there is so much love, there is so much presence on my, over my life that it, it's not only enough for me, it actually flows out of me. And like Daniel, I can make a difference and I can change people's lives. And there is so much presence that other people think, my goodness, he is a person that that makes a difference because he is different. Because if you want to make a difference in this world, like Daniel, you have to be different, right? This is like everybody. Everybody does that stuff, you know? What's the big difference? Everybody, everybody and I'm not saying it's wrong to do Instagram and Netflix. It's all great stuff, you know? But what are you known for? But at the end of the day, what, how would the scale, in God's scale, measure my life it's a big warning let's be people who are known for the presence of god for the love of god let's be driving forces who say god is good and he is so good he can change your life as well yeah. and your netflix you don't have to i mean it's good to say hey have you seen this netflix series have you seen my instagram post but everybody does that it's boring <laughs> no have you seen how God did this and that in my life and he changed my life and you should try that out as well. Like last week, or actually one and a half weeks ago, we came out with our new Stardust Bible and Nick gave all of our core team people uh, one for free and promised if you want to have, uh, you can have another one, but if you have to promise me that within two weeks you give it to someone else who needs it. And me and my um, uh, my good friend and boss, Michi Sieber, we had our annual, um, annual employee talk, you know, and we were at this restaurant and then there, our waitress, and I knew there a little bit from, from the past, but, and Michi knew her, we were talking to her about God and people and church and ICF, it's right around the corner here, the, the restaurant, and she, uh, uh, she said all of a sudden, hey, ah, I have such a headache, you know, this for me is a penalty kick. You know, headache, if someone says headache, it's a penalty because now we can see what the presence of God can do. I said, hey, can I pray for you? And then she said, oh, I remember you. Many months ago, you already were here and you prayed for my back and it got healed. So how awesome is that? Let's pray now that your headache is being healed and you experience the love of God for the second time in your life. Do you want that? Yeah, of course, why not? You know, we prayed and then uh, she said, oh my goodness, this feels weird. So what weird? Yeah, good weird or bad weird? You know, what do you mean with weird? So it feels good. It's, it, it, it's gone, you know. I, I really have to come to your church, she said. You see, you don't, it's not about that, but come. I go there every week. 
uh, not because I earn money there and I, I do it for a living, but because I want to be there. Because there's the presence of God. <laughs> I want to be there. So you're so welcome to come there as well. But why don't you start talking with God? You can do that. And then I had this quick thought. Go and get the starter Bible and give it to her. So I gave it to her. And she said, you came all the way back to give me this Bible. She said, of course, because God is so good. He wants to get to know you. And he would love that you get to know him as well. Let's be people who put weight on the right things, knowing that everything else has is, is, is been given to us as well. The last warning. After knowing, hey, Mene, our days are numbered. I mean, our days are numbered. And, and Mene, uh, Tekel, our life will be weighed at the end of the day. The last warning is Perez, my heart is divided. Your kingdom is divided, he says to King Belshazzar, and given to the Medes and Persians. Perez means divided. And I think we are all in danger of living a divided life, living with a divided heart. I think stress, by the way, is the biggest symptom that your heart is being divided. The greatest symptom of our shifting culture is ongoing stress, and it wants to divide your heart. Because it distracts us. Stress distracts us from putting the weight on the right things and from realizing, hey, my days are numbered and I better watch those days. Too much information, too much to be done. I mean, too much in my schedule. Never enough time to get it all done, even half of it, you know. Fe and we feel that in our marriage. We feel that in our relationships. We feel it in our, with our kids. We feel it in our workplace. We feel it in our hobbies. We see it in our Instagram. We, feel, we see it everywhere. It's actually a good word nowadays. Not if, you, if someone asks you, how are you doing? You say, good. No, you say, I'm busy. <laughs> You're proud of it. I'm busy. I think busy with the wrong stuff is so can be so trapped, you're like in this hamster wheel. I want to give you at the end of this message four warning signs of, of living a divided lifestyle. One warning signs, uh, sign is sin seems more attractive than usual. I see that in my, in, in my life. When I'm mostly tempted, uh, the devil, Satan comes and wants to tempt me, not before a message, but afterwards when I feel physically or mentally tired. When you're stressed, you feel physically or mentally tired and sin becomes more attractive than usual. Your emotions, second thing, are inconsistent. I mean, when you get in a hurry, our temper speeds up as well, right? And we see that. When I'm late, I tend to yell at the slow car in front of me. Or when I am stressed at work, I tend to scream at my working colleague. <laughs> my temper, my emotions are inconsistent. Running so fast can actually rob you of enjoying life. When is the last time you enjoyed life? You have become less productive. When we are stressed, we become less productive. It actually says in the Bible, in Proverbs 19, verse 2, it says, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. It's just the truth. The faster you go, the less you produce. Or you can't hear God because there are so many other voices during stress. What is the solution out of that? I mean, I don't know your situation. I don't know your schedule. I don't know your priorities. I don't know what weight you put on, but I have one thing, one discipline I quickly want to talk to for just a minute, what your solution could be. It is something mind-blowing. It is actually something 
that is holy for God. It is actually something that is a rule. It's actually in the Ten Commandments. It is... Sabbath. Sabbath is the rest of God. Sabbath is the promise that you can take one day on a regular basis every week where you put weight, kabot, on your relationship with God. Sabbath is, is the day of rest. Sabbath is the day of restoration. Sabbath is the day where your body, your soul, and your spirit comes to rest. Sabbath, Sabbath is the day where, I mean, even doctors say, if, if you're sick, you, the doctor gives you a prescription, but then he also says, but you need rest. Rest is always being prescribed for your body when you're sick, when you are putting the wrong priorities in your life when you're stressed, get some rest. But it's also rest for your soul. Sabbath is play. Do something that is fun. Pretend that work is being done today. I mean, our work is never being done, right? Our to-do list is never empty. But here's the promise of God. You will be way more productive with six days and one day of rest than being in this hamster wheel and filling up your life with the stuff that actually doesn't matter anyway. The, the word recreation Recreation is in that word, right? Hobbies, fun stuff, whatever does your soul good, but it's also the presence of God. Your spirit needs His presence. Sabbath is the day where you, once a week, can shift from being a human doing and you become what you're created to be again human being so many times we are human beings human doings we do and we do and we do and we do Sabbath is God's answer how you can evaluate your life once a week we had an amazing Sabbath yesterday me and my wife it was actually it was foggy um, we went into the mountains still was foggy so we put a selfie in front of the wall where it is actually the sunny place of that place, but it was just a wall, it was fake. <laughs> and at the beginning, it felt a little bit heavy, right? We were walking and talking, and it felt heavy. And, and then I realized I have a little bit of a heaviness on my spirit. I need to get rid of this heaviness. And then during the day, it shifted. I got recreated. I got rest, restored because I found rest. My soul found rest. And at the end of this day, I was in such a more restored happy mood again Sabbath is awesome so bottom line of this message is let's let's realize our days are numbered our days are numbered and let's think what are our priorities what is important and let's re-evaluate what is the important and weightful stuff it's God and people. This is what is important. I want to pray with us. 
But before I pray, I want to I wanna invite the band to come here and I want to give you a time of response. We, we are going to listen to the song um, that is part of our message series a hundred million times. And it is the call that so will I. If, the, if creation worships you, puts weight on you, so will I. If Daniel, in the midst of all his troubles and life-threatening warnings that we were hearing in the last couple of weeks, if he still was standing to God, so will I. If there's a warning that King Belshazzar died at this very night because his life was being weighed and was weighted wanting, I don't want to live like that. So will I be worshiping and putting the weight on the right stuff. I want to be in tune with God. I want to be a person that matters. I want to write history and make a difference. But for that, I need to be different. We need to be different. So let's reevaluate during the song. Where do you need to be different? Just ask the Holy Spirit, is there something that you need to switch in your life, that you need to change? Think about it. And then afterwards, I want to pray with you. But let's not turn this moment away and push it away. Make it a moment that counts. Make it a moment that puts weight on your life. It could be a life-changing moment right now. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Sometimes I wonder, when everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.